from a bunker in beautiful Parkchester, the Bronx, it's electoral dysfunction. Now, here's your host, Tom Brennan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantines. I'm your host, Tom Brennan. Welcome back. Uh, it's It's been a while since we've done one of these shows, and folks have asked me why the show went away, and the answer is pretty simple. Uh, Donald Trump was out of office, and Bill Cosby was in jail, so the goals of this show had been accomplished. Everything was resolved. We did it. We saw no reason, so we shut down. But uh, Trump's back on TV, and Cosby's out, so we're back on the job, and we're not stopping until we get at least one of them in jail. That's the goal. Uh, this show, all opinions and points of view are welcome, uh, so long as you agree with our, with our core sentiment. Bill Cosby can go fuck himself. A couple bits of business before we start up. First of all, our show's going to be back on stage soon at Under St. Mark's Theater, July 17th, 7 p.m. Stop on by. It's going to be great. Tickets are on sale. Frigid.nyc panel to be introduced soon. Uh, And with that, I will blab no further. Let's introduce this week's panel. It's a really good one. Excited to have all these folks again. First up, she is a veteran of the Marine Corps and a veteran of Daily Show and all-around podcast host, journalist, person you should like, Justine Davey. Hey, Justine, how are you? Doing well. So happy to be here. A little under the under the weather, but not in a COVID way. Uh, so we hope. Uh, also with us, very funny stand-up comedian, uh, and those of us on this Zoom call can see all the traffic happening in Brooklyn behind her, Megan O'Malley. Hey, Megan, how are you? Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me. And as you can see, you can't see on the audio, but you can see in the Zoom that traffic is moving really well right now. Yeah, no, it's a good look. <laughs> Thank you for Megan with traffic. Uh, <laughs> and rounding out this crew, as always, from the Bloomberg uh, Editorial Board and the host of Bloomberg Editorial Board Conversations, Robert George. Robert, how are you, my friend? Tom, it's good to it's good to see you. It's been it's been quite a long time. Well, actually, I saw you last week in real life, but like the first time in forever, so that was kind yeah. of good. Um, but I it's think good the to be- last time we'd seen each other before we got dinner a few weeks ago was when we raided the Capitol on January sixth. So that's good. <laughs> Sh- good to oh, catch come up. Come on, that 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 was the other black guy, Tom. Please, I was not there. You should Ooh, you goodness. should know better. Wait, which one? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I will say I I will say one thing, and I I, I you know how much I hate to correct you. I mean. The, the, if there's of all the things that, that in the possible universe of me hating, like you know, like the, the top of course would be like cursing at my mom and stuff like that. I don't like doing that. Uh, but the, the number two would be me correcting Tom Brennan. I don't and I don't like doing that. Uh, who does? Uh, but uh, you, we we talk about you know we're doing this you know quote from the safety of our quarantines. Is uh, is the quarantine really like a thing anymore? I mean. Uh, I mean, I mean got, I, it, we're, it we're, should be in the states of Texas. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all same people, so I think we're all we're all vaccinated and stuff like that, and so we're like getting ready to start socializing. Well, except for Tom because he hates people, but you know we're, we're all kind of getting out and starting to like reconnect yeah. with folks and so forth. So I'm not quite sure, but you're right, uh, and and they never believed in the quarantine in Texas anyway. So uh, I guess from the safety of our emotional quarantines, let's go with that. <laughs> well, okay, okay, I'll I'll see you there. I'll agree with you. But anyway, it's good to be back. Yay, electoral dysfunction. Back in the house! <laughs> All right. Uh, 
<laughs> well, uh, we have a lot to talk about today, but it, uh, before before we start recording, a request was made to talk about this. So let's let's knock this one out of the way real quick. As mentioned in the opening, uh, Bill Cosby, free man as of right now. So we got what two to three years of believing in the justice system a little bit and then it it came back and got us uh and what's interesting about him being released as i understand it is that his release basically uh was predicated on the fact that he admitted to the crimes to a prosecutor (laughs) but had been promised that admitting to those crimes would not be used against him in a court of law which i just literally scratched my head on, (laughs) on that idea uh so uh anyway uh but as felicia rashad so nobly tweeted miscarriage of justice has been upended and the man who admitted to doing things in order to get away with doing things is back at home god bless america how do we feel about america's dad being out of jail which america's dad being out of jail does sum up america justine davy we're gonna throw it to you first i'm not saying i'm a legal expert but this is bullshit. And I think the thing that's really important for people to understand is that this is completely, it has nothing to do with like the facts of the crime. It has nothing to do with the fact that, yes, he admitted that he gave women quaaludes and alcohol that he wanted to have sex with. And, you know, we don't have to go into the details of that because it's very, very upsetting and sad. And that this was really just like a procedural error at all. And I think like the background of this is that there was like the former DA who there are certain ways that you can say like, I'm not going to prosecute prosecute you for in like a criminal court. And that DA, that former DA didn't do any of those formal things that you would do. What he did instead was release a, release a press release, a press release. Everyone can release a press release and also who reads those. But, you know, important guy at the time. So people probably read it. So then the subsequent DA, the guy, the person who who followed afterwards decided to go ahead and prosecute, which is what, you know, the Supreme Court is saying that his due process rights were violated. So it's a completely very weird procedural thing. And there's a lot of like lawyers up in arms over over what the deal is with here. But it's I think the most important thing is that this has nothing to do with the facts of the crimes. It has something to do with whether or not we're going to understand a press release versus versus a DA promise and what constitutes what. If I understand correctly, and 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 uh, I'm very dumb as we've established on the show, so I probably don't. But uh, if I understand correctly, there was no like written promise from the district attorney that he would not that that his crimes would not be held against him in a court of law. <laughs> Uh, it was, you know, a verbal commitment. And yet just the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decided that was enough. Uh, And I'm not, I mean, I know how I feel about it. It's terrible. Uh, But there was part of me that was like, I don't know, like, you know, the civil libertarian in me was like, it's not a bad precedent to set that prosecutors can't say, don't worry, we won't put you in jail if you admit to this crime. Uh, But it's like, of all the people to use it on. (laughs) And, and I think that's the thing is that, is that so the the guy, the, the former district attorney, Bruce Castor, he basically, when it came to the person who, what is her name? I can't remember her name. Did I have it up here? Uh, anyway, so when it came to doing the case before, basically, he didn't think, think that it was the Temple University case, I believe. That isn't right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so 
the idea was that, you know, there wasn't enough to actually prosecute this in a criminal court. And so the, there wasn't like the promise or the press release was that, okay, um, we're not going to prosecute you criminally. So then Cosby um, agreed to sit for like a civil de de deposition only. And then that's where he admitted to the quaaludes, to the alcohol, to having sex, right? So because of this promise, quote unquote promise, you can't see what I'm doing, but because of this promise, the court, the Supreme Court now is saying that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court now is basically saying, well, Cosby had every right to believe that he wasn't going to be criminally prosecuted because of this promise, because of this press release. And the fact that the later district attorney did prosecute him criminally is what is in question right now and whether or not that was right, because apparently Cosby had every reason to believe that it wouldn't happen, even though there is no official former formal documentation saying that we will not prosecute you criminally because it's a press release. Anyone can do a press release. Quick question. Yeah, press releases are not legally binding. That's an important thing to know. Uh, quick question. Robert George, uh, where have I heard the name Bruce Castor before? Now that I think about it, I feel like I heard his name at some point in the last year. Y yes, um, Tom, you're correct. That's um, District um, Attorney um, Bruce, Bruce Castor. Bruce Castor, um, and he's not he's not from the, the famous uh, Castor oil family. No, it's not that. That's not him. Uh, it's not, he's no relation to Castor and Pollux, who, you know, were these uh, famous um, uh, figures of myth mythology. No, of course, Bruce I thought Ca it was Castor and Pollux, but you're right, it's not him. Right, no, it's not him either. No, no, um, Bruce Castor uh, gained a certain reputation, if you want to call it that, that, that uh, for being um, the, lead the lead attorney, or one of the lead attorneys uh, in um, Donald Trump's uh, impeachment, excuse me, Donald Trump's second impeachment um, trial um, in, in, in February. And um, uh, yeah, Castor was the guy who came off, you know, uh, pumping those, 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 big, those big Philadelphia uh, lawyer um, hormones um, during, the, um, uh, during, during the trial. Classic uh, he, Philadelphia he, he, stereotype, the but, lawyer but, hormones. But he was funny. He came in after uh, the previous lead attorney, who was uh, an Orthodox Jew, who uh, had announced previously that he was not going to be able to um, appear on Saturday because he um, he followed the Sabbath. Um, Bruce Castor came in, and he was, you know, as I said, big, 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 big Philadelphia. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I know you say stereotype, but no, I was I'm actually. Kidding. That was actually the that was actually like uh, I'm I'm almost slightly paraphrasing um, a line that he used um, in 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 his in his uh, in his defense of Trump saying oh you think that's gonna work that that thing isn't gonna work in uh, in Philadelphia you think it's gonna work here in the impeachment so here yeah um, he would have actually said that wouldn't work in Philadelphia with that that Delaware River accent right there th there you go uh, so uh, every it seems like you know every 25 years or so. Uh, a uh, a black celebrity beats the system, and everybody gets really upset about it. I, you, you know, twenty five years ago it was OJ, and now it's um, and now it's uh, and and now it's and now it's Bill Cosby. Uh, so uh, I am I I I don't have mixed feelings about this. I I, I am very much disappointed for um, the many victims of Bill Cosby who thought that they had gotten just a modicum of, of a modicum of justice uh, out of this. Uh, but 
uh, Justine's description of what happened is 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 basically um, is basically accurate. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, whether... Thank you, thank you so much. Thank That's you. really high <laughs> praise. Basically accurate. Oh my gosh, basically accurate. <laughs> From a guy who's that pedantic, that's a really big compliment. <laughs> I'd like to have that on a T-shirt. Basically <laughs> accurate. Yeah, that was big for Robert. You got to give him that. Thank you. I, I, for I, not I, a lawyer, I think it's pretty good. Well, no, 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 no. Neither of us. I, this is actually a very good show because none of us here are, are lawyers, but we feel it's a good show. We can make um, we can make judgments. We can I make like judgments on, yeah. the, on the legal on the on the legal system, and 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 honestly, uh, I, I know we I know we were we were dragging we were dragging Bruce Castor um, because of the um, um, because of the, of the Trump trial, uh, but honestly, I'm I'm not sure whether the fault on this is is with him or with his successor or whether there it like literally fell in between um, the two of them in the context of um, the, the successor may not have fully understood um, the, uh, the full uh, breadth of uh, the, the communications between, um, uh, between Castor's office and between uh, and Cosby's uh, Cosby Cosby's lawyer, uh, I, and he thought that he may that... Have, he thought he thought he may have had more leeway to go after uh, to go after Cosby um, than he did given the um, given given that given that uh, communication. But I will I, that's that said, uh, if if the if the judicial system is to work, um, a a prosecutor's word to a potential defendant has to mean something. Now, you know, cops, when they're interrogating a possible suspect, have wide latitude to just blatantly lie to them, saying, oh yeah, the guy that we, we, um, we, we corralled with you, you know, he's talking, you know, he's, he's singing like a bird. And if you don't say something now, you know, you're gonna be taking, they can lie as much as they want. And you can say, oh, well, there's a witness who places you here. They can lie as much as you want. A, a prosecutor doesn't have that, that that amount of breadth in terms of trying to um, get information out of a, out of a possible suspect. So if they if they make if they make an arrangement or communicate something that sounds like a a a, a, a potential proffer or a potential um, uh, deal is not the right word, but an but an arrangement, um, and and the and the lawyer. And the, the the defendant's lawyer says, "Okay, you know, we agree. We we, we agree to that. Uh, the, the the office itself can't really um, can't really can't really pull back on that. And and that that is kind of a principle that you kind of want to to be to help to hold up, regardless of the awful circumstances involving um, Cosby." A thing I really love about that description there, comparing it to cops, is like, what a great. Uh, sign of the times in America that we're like, we need to hold prosecutors to higher standards, standards that respect justice. It's not like they're cops. Come on. <laughs> uh, Megan O'Malley, your thoughts on the fact that uh, Bill Cosby, uh, let's be honest, here's the thing, a, a thing that, that his people go out of their way to not report on and like have tried to crush beyond the assault and, 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 and horrors is also that he's basically 100% blind at this point. So the sole advantage is that the guy would have no idea where he's going if he got out of his house. Uh, but, you know, despite that, Bill Cosby is, is a free man. Your thoughts? Tom, 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 this, yeah. is, this is why people Happy? don't have faith in the judicial system. 
I mean, right. who's, who's running the Pennsylvania Supreme Court anyway? The Catholic Church? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. There we go. Oh, boy. Ouch. I, I just hit that one out of the park. Yeah, that's a joke about hypocrisy. That was hilarious for a host of reasons, Megan. Whoa! All right, go ahead, Megan. (laughs) Yeah, I... It's so sad. Uh, Everything. It's just like... On, uh, I, I had it on my bingo card for the pandemic. We're still in it. So, you know, I'm right. Like, I'm, I'm Cosby gets free. Cosby free. I didn't think that one was going to get marked off, but here we are. Uh, Robert, because you invoked OJ earlier, I just want to make a quick note that friend of the show and Philadelphia's greatest son besides Bruce Castor, Craig Lagans, noted this week that it was Dr. Bill Cosby who gave Felicia Rashad away at her wedding to Ahmad Rashad and Ahmad's best man, OJ Simpson. So, oh, oh, oh my God. So oh my God, I, I guess we that. understand, you know, if I were Felicia Rashad at a minimum, I, you know, as mad as people got about the tweet and I didn't care for it, I too would want to believe that 50% of my wedding party weren't violent criminals. I'm just about Felicia Rashad. Um, I actually want to give her a little bit of, like, I, I want to come to her defense on this. I, I think that it's really hard I, as a lot of us have learned that because we've learned that there are people in our lives who have been predators and then we have to be like, no, come on, man, now you're out of the group. Um, but it's, but you don't want to believe it, you know? And so I think yeah. that there's, there's still something inside of her that wants to believe that her friend didn't do this. Um, and she's just misspeaking because yeah. you're like, I, I think I know what you're trying to say, but you, it, you sh- get off of Twitter right now, Felicia. Yeah, I don't know. I He could have tweeted since then and completely proved me a liar. But a thing I really appreciate is I think Malcolm Jamal Warner, when the stories came out, like had some really sensitive statements about how like what a terrible thing for women to go through and like they should be respected and listened to, but also appreciate that like this person was like a father to me and I'm not going to be comfortable talking about this. And then he just shut up about it forever. <laughs> and I was like, good for Malcolm Jamal Warner. Uh, good for everyone in that cast because once that show went off the air, they lost some of those royalties. That's a tough situation, I imagine. They all had to go back to work. Uh, but yeah, like it's a thing of like, I, I would, we I hope that I would be better than that in the situation, but I've never been in the situation. So I'm, I'm hesitant to judge. Justine, you look ready to judge. <laughs> <laughs> always, always here to judge. That's sort of my default mode. Um, so I think the big thing about this is this is the first time someone of this, that has this high of a profile to have its like criminal trial basically overturned in, in like this new Me Too era, era. And I think the big problem now or what's really really worrying is that you know this doesn't mean that he didn't commit the crime but now it means he can't be prosecuted for it right so the next step is that it could go is that it would go to the the U.S. Supreme Court which is really really unlikely to happen so this whole thing is just it seems like it's just really sad it is really sad over over a technicality right because the what happened was like you know a judge ruled that whatever Castor did this deal that he made it was not legally binding and there were steps to make it legally binding but he didn't go that route and so that's why like the new criminal trial then went ahead and went forward so it's like no one likes paperwork i totally get that but this is just the kind of paperwork you would probably want to put in if you want to have didn't want to run into this mess later or maybe i I don't or who knows what's there but at the end of the day there are a lot of women who feel that this is a complete slap in the face 
And it is because who knows what kind of precedent this sets. And I get that they're like, yes, this was this ruling was rare and it was severe, but the overarching theme is that slap in the face. And now Cosby is free on this technicality that had nothing to do with the crime itself. And that's the saddest part about the legal, the, the legal system in this case is that we're not even looking at the crime, we're looking at the lack of paperwork. Exactly. And it's you're, it's that going off of that, what's so sad about is like the headline is all people read because it's a complicated technicality. And there are people like, ha they were out to get him. And it's like, but if you dig deep, like he's out on a technicality because he admitted to it. <laughs> and yet there are so many people like, see, women just lie. That's what 60 women lied about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, who was hyper relevant in 2014. <laughs> like they just finally took, they were just out to take him down. Uh, and, and that's the thing that, that you know, people I, will, will I, say. The, and that is frustrating. One of the things that, uh, that might come out, that, that might come out of this uh, and we, we can only we, we can only hope. Uh, I mean, M- Megan, um, you know, M- Megan mentioned uh, the, the the Catholic Church, and uh, always good one news. Of the, one of the um, um, what what uh, w- one of the bigger stories of two years ago, I guess this was year 2019, 2019 uh, is when is when the the um, uh, the Pennsylvania Attorney General uh, ordered um, the release of uh, the the, uh, the report that implicate that implicated all of these um, all of these um, priests and uh, and church staffers and so forth in in various uh, amounts of abuse going back um, going back decades. Um, here in New- here in New York, uh, uh, three years ago, I think it's three years ago, maybe it's almost four years at this point, uh, they passed. Uh, the, the child the child victims act which um, uh, uh, reopened basically ended the um, the power of the, the statute of limitations for people who were um, abused um, uh, abused as 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 children and uh, the way the, the the way the previous law um, was was set up the the, the statute of limitations uh, basically started um, uh, ticking the second they turned 18, and depending on on whether it was an organization or an individual, they basically had until 21 to to come forward. Uh, otherwise, they they lost uh, any ability to come forward. The Child Victims Act opened up a window to allow people to do that. <laughs> the point I'm, I'm getting to is um, because of the Cosby situation, states may now uh, I think they should, and they may very well start to reassess whether, in addition to murder, which is the case in in, in almost every state, uh, whether whether rape is, is 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 something that should be exempt from the statute of limitation. Because the, the reason we got to this point is that most of the people uh, who Cosby had uh, abused. Uh, the, the the statute of limitations, which is like I think it's depending on where it was, but it's between like three and five years, uh, it, had, it had it had expired, and uh, they the the, the 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 criminal system didn't have uh, an avenue uh, to get uh, to to get to get at to get at Cosby, so that's why they tried to do this they tried to do this work do this workaround. So you know if the legal system starts to you know reassess you know whether whether there should be a, an ex, a, a, uh, a there should be no statute of limitations for um, for rape, 
you know, that that's that, that, that's a possible way forward. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Um, I'm just, ugh, it was a rough story. And all I can say is I'm just really glad that Donald Rumsfeld didn't live to see it. Uh, <laughs> got him. Uh, uh, as our old pal James Heskey said that afternoon, uh, when God releases a Cosby, he kills a Rumsfeld. Uh, anyway, uh, Justine invoked uh, the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, before uh, a trusted body of integrity and justice. Uh, and the Supreme Court wrapped up its term this week. And there were actually, I'd say, you know, for those of us who are in the the, the left end of the spectrum, there were some good. Uh, decisions this term. Obamacare was upheld, uh, some good uh, defense of transgender rights, but uh, the big case that closed off the term uh, upheld Arizona's uh, voting laws. I use the word laws loosely. Uh, and ironically, it was a six to three vote. Six of the people, the justices who voted to uphold them were from Republican presidents and three were from Democrats. So that's weird. Uh, and I tell people to go vote, but who knows if we can much longer. Uh, Justice Breyer, just retire. Come on, man. You did a great job. Call it a year. Uh, let's get out of there. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about it. This was a, a blow to, 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 to folks fighting against some of the, uh, shall we say, uh, 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 stricter voting laws that we've seen passed in the last few months. Uh, I'm not saying that there's motives behind any of them, but it just seems like they, the, the decision making was, hey, it's not fair that some people can vote. Uh, let's stop them. Uh, seems like that could be the most. But again, I'm not a voting law expert, as we've decided. No one on this call is a lawyer. Uh, but this uh, did not help a lot of those a lot of those cases or did it? Could it spur more congressional action? But let's start. Uh, Justine, Arizona is your hometown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it is. Uh, your thoughts on, on uh, um, voting in Arizona? <laughs> well, I've just I've just come back from Arizona, so so there is that. And yes, I um, was not born, but I did grow up in Arizona, so I have that. And the thing about this case is, I mean, I think it's it's one of it's one of the most important cases that um, that SCOTUS had on their docket this year, right? And and it was looking at these two election laws in Arizona, one that banned the collection of absentee ballots by anyone other than a relative or a caregiver, and another law that throws out any ballots cast in the wrong precinct, right? And I think like on the outside, yeah, those seem like really shady things to do, but the problem is that we didn't really, and I found like a lot of articles didn't necessarily dive into this aspect is that who this impacts and what the Voting Rights Act is supposed to do is prevent discrimination against minority voters, right? So you have to look at like the Native American reservation um, population in Arizona. So the largest one in the United States, three parts of it are in three of Arizona counties, right? And if you think about like what life on a reservation is, a lot of those people, they don't have residential mail service. They have no, they're nowhere near polling sites or a post office. And when it even came to like register to figure out where you were supposed to vote, that's based on your address, right? Well, if you don't have an address, then what's the deal? What do you go ahead and do? And so I think with the way that it seems like the court voted on this, it was based on that, you know, well, people, people in Arizona have a number of ways to vote. And these ones don't really seem like they're that big of a deal. But, and I'm, I'm probably... I'm definitely oversimplifying this. And I my title pitch for this episode is none of us are lawyers, but <laughs> I think it's like, if you think about how 
you know, in the 2020 election, there were over 2000 voters in Apache County. And they were put on this list that had basically, it, it basically meant they were question, they, they had questionable residency issues because they didn't have addresses, right? And there weren't any online options that would allow them to determine their polling location because they didn't have an address, right? So this is something that like tribal lawyers are getting into. And you have to think like, there's no public transportation in these areas. Um, Navajo Nation alone is bigger than 10 US states. I'm reading this because I took these notes and I wrote them very, very like crazily. And and so the, the, there's no public transportation, per, there's no public transportation on 27,000 square miles of Navajo Nation. And so if you think about like the idea of doing whatever you can to cast your vote and that these people are trying to do that, then I think like, what's more American than that? But also like, I understand saying that now like hurts my soul, but I do yeah. think, you know, like-, like What's more <laughs> American than trying says, to stop them to vote also. That's trying to stop them. <laughs> And no, and yeah, and actually like big shout out to, uh, what was it? The Amazon Prime, Stacey Abrams documentary, All In. I think everyone, everyone should go and watch that. And, but I think like, okay, SCOTUS is saying, okay, you don't have to do, you don't have to, you can pass rules to prevent voter fraud. You don't have to like pass a rule after something happens or something, but, but like we've already seen following the last election that there is no evidence of voter fraud in Arizona. So the, big overarching theme with this one is that like there's a lot of states that are passing new measures to limit voting rights um you know looking at georgia alone right and i read that so state lawmakers in 47 states they've introduced over 300 bills that would limit voting rights that's according to the brennan center for justice yes i'm all about the notes but i mean if you're looking at like the precedent that this sets it basically means that these other challenges that come up against, you know, the integrity of our elections, they might not fare very well because of this case. And I think that's incredibly sad because at the end of the day, you know, it's about minorities being able to vote in very difficult circumstances. And I just feel like it's the most basic American thing. Um, but whatever, laws are all made up, justice system, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's all just in Someone our minds. Else, uh, Robert, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on it. I'm particularly interested from the political dynamic, uh, an argument I saw online on Twitter, uh, where good arguments happen, uh, is that the, the, there is a potential upside of this ruling in that it could force Democrats in the Senate, like force their hand to try and figure out moving ahead on the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, particularly your Joe Manchins and Kirsten Cinemas, who apparently own the United States Senate now. Uh, your thoughts on that and on, on the ruling itself and on the potential political fallout, good slash bad? Um, I think the DNC, who were the, um, who were the plaintiffs, the Democratic National Committee, um, who were the plaintiffs um, in this case, um, I, think they made, I think they made a tactical error in prosecuting this particular um, this particular case. Uh, the, the absentee ballots issue, particularly given how it pertains to um, um, uh, uh, Native American reservations and so forth, I, I think there was a, a, a certain amount of solidity to, towards that aspect of it. But um, 
the one involving the the, the one involving the, the precincts, uh, I, I understand why that can be a, a that, that can be a problem in certain in certain circumstances, but um, when you have even before Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, when you had a uh, a Supreme Court which was already um, slightly skewed uh, on the conservative side. At that point, it was five four, and now obviously slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but five four is is yeah. in the context of the Supreme Court. Five four is slightly. Uh, the, the point the the point the point is you. And in many other cases, Democrats and, and, and progressive groups are wary about picking their picking their um, poison when they just if they decide to take a case up there because they realize that um, if it gets to a if it gets to the if it gets to the Supreme Court and they lose, they may lose uh, certainly they would lose the, the, the case at hand, but given who's writing the case, uh, it it might have. Um, ramifications beyond that and do some serious damage, uh, which I think this one did. It, it, I mean, uh, John Roberts watered down the Voting Rights Act back in 2013 initially, and this one does d does even more um, d d does even more of that now. Uh, so I, I, now the, the, the issue of voting, of, of not allowing votes in a certain precinct on its face, and and this is what this is basically what the court determined on its face that is a that is like a race neutral and a class neutral um, um, law saying you know if you are supposed to be if you're supposed to vote in this precinct you can't come into this this precinct and expect expect your vote to um, to um, to, uh, to count now in reality and this is something that we found uh, um, recently. In 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 the wake of some of the laws of the, in the wake of the Georgia law, uh, what often what often what often happens, particularly in um, uh, in areas where you have uh, a lot of a lot of density, uh, the the precinct locations change. They either add extra precincts or take them away or move them around and so forth. So somebody who has been um, voting in Precinct A for like the last 15 years uh, doesn't realize until the last minute, or may they not realize at all that you know they they used to, they've been walking two or three blocks to the school down the street um, to vote, and then suddenly um, their precinct got changed until so it's all the way on the other side of on the other side of town. And this off this this fact happens um, more frequently in um, densely urban um, settings say predominantly black, predominantly poor, uh, and so forth. So um, th that's, a, that's a reality, and that's a reality that the court refused, um, re refused, refused to accept. Um, I, am, I am skeptical, sadly enough, that um, the apparent unjustness of this um, particular case would be enough to, ha um, to, to have um, Joe Manchin or um, Kristen Sinema move uh, one way or the other. Manchin has sp spoken out that he would like to see uh, uh, if he had his druthers, he would he would support uh, the the, uh, the passage 
of the, the, the John Lewis, the John Lewis um, Voting Rights Act, which would restore the bulk of the, um, of, of, the original, of the original Voting Rights Act. And in the context of what we're talking about here, would, would, would also restore um, you know, some of the issues at hand in, in, this, um, uh, in, this, in this particular case. The flip side of that is Manchin still doesn't want to uh, overturn uh, or, uh, or seriously change um, the, the outlines of, of the filibuster. So absent that, um, I'm not sure if we, if we would see, if we'll ultimately see any kind of a change um, in, in, um, in, in, either, in either of these voting rights cases. Megan O'Malley, you look like you had something to say there. So I'm gonna go right to you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is why people don't have faith in electoral <laughs> I mean, who's in charge of the Arizona Board of Elections anyway? The Catholic Church? Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, you think that the New York Board of Elections were in charge of the Arizona Board of Elections? Oh my God! Don't even get me and started. And we got some more. I got some. I got. I have comments on that too. But anyway. All right, we can hit that a little bit. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, uh, you know, again, thinking back to Twitter, where I get all my insight. Uh, you know, there's a lot that needs to be worked on and fixed in voting in this country. It is very funny to me, uh, as a smug New York City liberal, how many smug New York City liberals are like, they got to fix how they vote somewhere else. Meanwhile, we're on day 13 of not knowing who won our mayoral primary last month. <laughs> is, it, is it pepperoni? Is yeah. it pineapple? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like pepperoni, but I don't know if I want pepperoni to be mayor. I'm going to tell you right now, let's in the, in the defense of the board of elections we held an election what 10 days before a holiday weekend how are they supposed to get work done in that time come on Tom, I, have July. An, I have an idea i have an idea to take care of this whole primary let's fix it and i'll get ready to edit this okay join my campaign it's called hashtag no mayor nyc we go mayorless okay this sure. is a plan unless we can get the dog if you can get us the dog we'll take the dog no, no dog sure. no mayor and then everybody just i don't know talk amongst yourselves figure it out everyone's adults <laughs> we don't need a let's let's take some money on a on a paycheck or something. sure yeah we could turn gracie mansion into like an airbnb for the next like affordable housing is it too late to vote for the mayor of east town I'm just. Uh, she seems to be kind of popular. No, what? No, no HBO jokes. Uh, the, the, what? What? Uh, God, I'm. I'm lying out here. There's. No, I guess no I HBO fans. Here. Continue the deafening silence no, in response no to that joke. Max, no <laughs> HBO Max uh, customers. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I do one. One actually serious. I'll note. be. Look, we can have as many mayors from Boston as we'd like, but I will be deep in the cold, cold ground before I let anyone who calls a grinder or subway sandwich a hoagie become mayor of my city. Fair enough. Um, I will say they're also they're all just sandwiches, people. Just call them whatever the fuck you want. All right. Um, and this is a I called it a grinder, and I'm from New York. Go ahead, Robert. This is actually a serious point. You know, I hate oh. to interrupt, Robert. Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. You hate to interrupt. You, you, you hate to interrupt me. You know, like I hate cursing at my mom. You know, it's way yeah. way up there. Exactly. Whoa. Um, 
the uh, uh, can we unpack that? Let's yeah, you yeah, brought your mom into later. this. Is everything okay at home, Robert? <laughs> you have to. Oh, I'm sorry. I... All right, you had a serious point, and I ruined it on purpose. Go ahead. Um, the, the the New York City Board of Elections um, um, latest screw up, um, which for those uh, 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 for those of us listening, uh, they released these preliminary. Uh, results of our uh, mayoral election, which happened Tuesday um, a week ago, or almost two weeks uh, from when the time Tuesday, we... June twenty second. Tuesday, June twenty second. Although we had had, we had uh, after 10 we days had of ten days voting. of ten days of early ten days of early voting. Gotcha. Now this was also the first year um, that uh, that New York City had ranked choice voting, which um, a number of other municipalities around the world, including the entire country of Australia, um, the city of San Francisco, um, the state of Maine, uh, have all managed to successfully have ranked have ranked choice voting. I'm going to fact check you really quick. Australia is not a municipality. Boom. Um, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's that, Continue, that, that's, that, that's that, that said, though the, the handful. The, there was a, we had a referendum in I believe it was uh, 2018 20, 2018 where where New Yorkers approved of this the handful of, it, and it passed by like 73 to 17 or something like that the handful of people who were skeptical of it were were those who were thinking well um, there's kind of a history in this city of New York City's uh, Board of Education screwing up regular elections on uh, an almost annual basis. Uh, so do we wanna give them like another opportunity to screw up? And certainly enough, that's what happened. Now- and I think I think that's an important piece of, to, to clarify by the way though, it's just like, cause because it was the first time that our city did rank choice voting, the narrative kind of has become like rank choice voting was a debacle. I've heard that like, to be fair, it's just clear. It's not that the rank choice voting was a debacle. It's that the board of elections in New York city is a, uh, uh, hellhole of garbage people who no, no, couldn't board an election to save their goddamn lives. The reason, the reason why, the reason why this they left, is, uh, they left what like a hundred thousand or fourteen thousand extra votes in from a test run. They, they I just want to give like one little example about the board of elections and how it's run because I was asked if I could work that day and I told them no I wasn't available but they still scheduled me like they they called me and they said that I had to still cancel it Same and it was, it was a... like and it was an important job I was like wow I'm getting I'm getting a big one at this but I couldn't same, do it. same deal for Amanda Nicastro she got she said she couldn't do it and then she got her notice in the mail about her hours <laughs> yeah 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 so they're not run well no so but and and, and that's those that's a great example right there but there are bigger examples such as uh, where you know five years ago they um, uh, they they purged um, thousands of voters in 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 Brooklyn um, because now you have to occasionally clean up the rolls nobody disputes that but you're supposed to um, send out um, enough advance notification to let a voter know um, that they are in danger of being removed from the uh, removed from the rolls. They didn't do. They didn't do that. And and it's it's almost it's almost like clockwork. There will be a screw up involving 
the Board of Elections. Now, this is why this is important. Uh, the Georgia law that we were talking about before, the Georgia election law that they rushed to pass after the ele election um, because um, Donald Trump was screaming about uh, the steal and, and, and all of this and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, there, there were there were some basic things involving um, uh, a sh shrinking of a shrinking of um, early voting hours and uh, uh, cutting back um, cutting back on the, the the places for absentee voting and all of this kind of stuff. But one of the key issues, and unfortunately, it was one that was not focused on enough, was that the the legislature number one cut down on the authority of the Secretary of State to run the election. And this is because the Secretary of State in, in, in Georgia, who was a Republican, refused to go along with the idea that, um, that uh, there, was there was mass fraud and that it needed to be taken over and all this other kind of stuff. And uh, words, a, fa a fairly Trumpy Republican at that in his policies well, and beliefs. Well, so-so. Pre that election, yes. I pre that say. election. Uh, so they they took they they took the power away from that um, from from that office um, to to uh, to to give it to um, somebody who was um, appointed by the state legislature. They also reserved the right, and this is important, reserved the right for the state legislature, if it deems that a lo uh, that a locality is guilty uh, of um, serial incompetence that the legislature can step in and take over its power. Now, for, for people who've been seeing, watching what was happening in Georgia from election day um, through, um, uh, through January 6th, through January 20th, um, they had every legitimate right to say, uh, Georgia is doing this because they, want, because they want to have the power to interfere in Fulton County, which is a heavily de democratic stronghold they want to possibly, in say 2020, interfere if it looks like you know if it's going obviously heavily if it's going heavily Democrat they they might want to try and interfere with the um, with the counting and 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 if, and shave enough votes um, off from the total that it could flip the entire state um, towards whoever the Republican candidate is. So there was a lot of legitimate skepticism to. For, to say, oh well, you, they're just putting this language in here about incompetence, so they could take take it over. Um, the New York City Board of Elections has now given credence to the idea that a local that the local county's election system can be so screwed up that um, it, it it's it's right for for the state legislature to, um, to possibly step in and take and take it over. So, once again. Thank you, New York City Board of Elections. You, you've made the argument against the Georgia bill that much harder for those people who, um, who, thought, who, who, who have a lot of questions about it. Yeah, it's like I they think, said, I incompetence, like, and New York City said, oh, you think you have an incompetent election? We'll show you incompetent. Sorry, Justine, you were. <laughs> no, I think like just to circle back on everything, like what makes me so sad and angry about issues when it comes to voting rights and again, I know like the episode is titled We're Not Lawyers, Justine is Sad, subtitle. But it's the fact that like it's not it's sold your... on that title yet, but we'll come back to it later. <laughs> that it's your right to vote. It's not like we don't have enough votes, right? So if you look at like the reason why we have the Voting Rights Act is because there was 
in, an incredible amount of evidence that we've had discrimination against allowing certain people to vote dating back to the Civil War or however. And like in the Arizona situation, they're, they're calling it like, we're not going to allow you to harvest these votes. Like, I'm no farmer, but isn't harvesting like a good thing? Doesn't it mean we're thriving? We're not gonna let you harvest these votes and go to people who can't get to their polling stations or to their mailbox and bring them in, even though it's their right to vote, even though it's been very, very hard to vote. And I think like in this situation and what we see in Georgia and all the complications in the voting system at all, like is just the basic right that there's, there's an act that's in place to end the discrimination against minority voters. And that is being attacked over and over again. And we're not going to see an end to it. It's gonna be a constant thing. But at the end of the day, there's very little evidence of voter fraud and all kinds of evidence of voter discrimination. Great country, isn't it? Uh, Megan, please. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't have anything. Okay, you're just waving that. the finger to punctuate no, the point. No, yeah, no, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really supportive of it. My only question is, well, then who are we got to discriminate against? Yeah. I don't know. The Catholic Church? No, no. Yeah, no. get over here, Catholic Church. I got things to Look, they get discriminated enough in the South. Uh, well, you know, uh, one last thing, and, and we'll, we'll call it a show. Uh, bad news for the former president of the United States, uh, who, as of this recording, is still Donald John Trump. Uh, <clears throat> this week, Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance, in his in his swan song as DA for uh, DA for for the the city of New York's largest borough, uh, introduced charges against the entirety of the Trump organization, best I can understand it. Uh, specifically, Alan Weisselberg, who is a, a high up muckety muck there in the organization, uh, for committing fraud that I believe the company is is also being held uh, accountable for uh, conspiring with him to commit fraud. Uh, the key point being that he. Uh, lived in an apartment paid for by the company in Manhattan, but actually maintained a residence outside so that he could avoid paying city taxes uh, and avoid paying state taxes on it as well. A lot of other things that Robert will elaborate on in a second. Uh, I just want to say one quick thing that Trump, the president, uh, the former president Trump, uh, so far not indicted or not, not, not named or indicted in any of these things. Uh, there is some plausible, you know, perhaps he's going to push that plausible deniability of, oh, he just signed the paperwork but did not know. But important thing to remember from our history, our recent history, is that uh, at one point in time, former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen vowed he'd take a bullet for that man. And he has since become the best and most cooperative witness that the United States government's ever had against Donald Trump, to a point that I almost found his interchanges with AOC uh, to be charming. And I wanted both of them to do a podcast where they explained how fraud worked. Robert, what else did I miss there in terms of what Cy Vance is leaving behind for future DA Alvin Bragg to, well, to uh, put I, up with? I, I, I hate to correct you, Tom. Uh, I, I know you don't. I hate to correct you as much as you hate to interrupt me as much as I hate to cuss out my mom. I just you know, want to say I, real before you correct me, I love that you correct me because it means I don't have to go back in and edit the episode. Go ahead. There you go. Um, uh, um, Brooklyn is actually New York City's largest uh, borough by population and, uh, and uh, Queens is the largest um, borrowed by area. So Manhattan is just the largest by like Wall Street assholes. So that's the that's the big distinction. So I'm, I'm just uh, I hate I, 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 that's that, that's a little quick correction there. Uh, that is that, that aside. Uh, 
uh, Alan Weisselberg, who is the, the, the big money man um, who has been taking care of Trump organization uh, money for, for decades, uh, he is a very different cat than, um, than Michael Cohen. I mean, Michael Cohen was, was Trump's lawyer for about 10 or a dozen, 10, 11 years or so. Um, Weisselberg has been with Trump um, for at least 30 years, I think, maybe even, maybe, maybe, maybe even longer. In fact, I think he may have even done some of the same legal services for, for, Trump's, for Trump's father. So uh, he is he he is Trump's he is the he is Trump Inc's ride or die guy, and uh, uh, I, the, just because Cohen um, is going to uh, Cohen ended up um, uh, choosing to cooperate, I'm not sure if it's uh, the case that Weiss will work at. Now the, the, there are some people who will say that this is just a political prosecution, and in one sense. In, in a in the narrowest of sense is is it is because if if Donald Trump had never run for president of the United States he would probably still getting um, he and Trump Inc would still be getting away with um, a lot of the stuff um, that they had gotten away to, with uh, heretofore uh, so way, Robert uh, uh, just to quickly add there I believe one person who referred to it as a political prosecution uh, was former president of the United States, Donald Trump and his family. Yes, who, exactly. Quite vocally and Eric, and via Eric, press and, release. And, and Eric did and Don and Don uh, uh, Jr. did. But uh, innocent Ivanka, I believe has, uh, she's now like off praying with monks in a an abbey somewhere because she's the good person. Well, but, but, the, but this is the interesting thing. Uh, the, 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 um, the allegations, the charges that have been brought against Weisselberg could very well have, and may very well end up being brought against um, uh, Ivanka uh, because the New York Times, when they got their hands on uh, the Trump records um, last year, uh, one of the little side stories ha had to do with the fact that, that Ivanka Trump was um, treated in terms of the books in two different ways, as an employee of the organization, but also as a consultant. And the, the, there are supposedly different ways, the, the way the taxes are supposed to work on this. And so there was a question as to whether she had paid, paid her fair share of, of, um, of, of, of taxes there. Now, it is rather complicated, but one of the clear examples that they had, that they, they've got with a, a Weisselberg and the organization is uh, that the organization uh, gave Weisselberg all of these huge, huge per perks, which should have been considered um, taxable, um, uh, should have been still considered taxable, but were not declared as taxable um, on 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 his um, on his tax information, um, which included uh, the. Um, like the tuition to a private school for his kids, um, free rent, all of these kind of um, all of these all of these kind of things, and they were not they're not declared on his taxes or the um, or the official financial records of Trump Inc. But the the, uh, the Trump people kept a separate tally sheet 
to show about all of these little rewards. So, I mean, uh, as I, I forget who it was. Uh, I assume they saved it in a folder marked, not crimes. I forget who. Please don't open if district attorney. It was either Brian, it was, I think it was either Brian Williams or, um, or Lawrence O'Donnell yesterday. Um, I can see why you mix them up. Liken, liken this, liken this to the scene, um, liken this to the scene in uh, in The Wire, where um, where where Stringer Bell is like you know yelling at one of his lieutenants, while there's like this little kid, there's this little kid off in the corner who's just like who's got like this uh, y uh, yellow um, uh, uh, yellow notepad, and he's just like jotting down, like listening to or everything, and, he's, and Stringer Bell comes over to him and says. Uh, are you are you fucking taking notes of a criminal conspiracy? <laughs> tears it up, and that's the thing. They kept notes of a criminal conspiracy, and so that's so that's why um, Mister Weisselberg is in trouble. Uh, the Trump Organization may be in trouble. I don't think Weisselberg. I'm 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 skeptical as to whether Weisselberg though will ultimately turn on his benefactor. And his family's benefactor of the last uh, three or four decades. I agree. And however, like I'd say, if there ends up with a guilty verdict, that that's still bad news for the Trumps uh, and the Trump organization. It. What I love about there being a list is like that speaks to the ego of Donald Trump because I guarantee you the list exists because he's like, I want to have an exact accounting of what that guy owes me, so yeah, if yeah, he, yeah. so I can lord it over him at all times. <laughs> Uh, uh, Justine, your thoughts on uh, on Donald Trump now six, seven months out of office or six months out of office? Maybe there will finally be some justice done. <laughs> uh, I will say, I mean, on top of what Robert George said, is that you know, if a company is thinking about, hey, what perks should we offer our execs and employees? I'm gonna go with, hey, look, free coffee, free lunch, the occasional summer Friday. And like start there because as much as I would love like my future grandchildren's prep school tuition to be paid in a Mercedes Benz, it's just a little, it's just a little fishy, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't put that in an employee handbook. I'm always stunned whenever I see any of these stories because I remember that the bulk of my career has been spent in publishing where like even the high ranking executives like their freebies are always still like, here's free books. Uh, like and maybe we'll get you coach class to a junket in Seattle. Uh, it's, these rich people, yeah, uh, even their crimes. It's are just like, oh, how the indicted live. Yeah. Must be nice. Megan, your thoughts. Um, 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 this is why people don't have faith in New York based tax exempt private foundations. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm just interested to see how this plays out. I don't think I'm going to care either right. way. I'm just, uh, Megan, who do you think's running the Trump Foundation? <laughs> Uh, I, think, I think I think Ivanka's hands. I was teeing you up for the Catholic Church, but Ivanka's true too. No, uh, through the Catholic Church, we're going after Ivanka. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just 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 as a clarification, Tom, remember this is not the this is not the foundation. This is uh, the oh the company, yeah, the corporate company, the Trump yeah. organization. Yeah, the foundation is just the slush fund where everyone gets their money from. And uh, remember the the Trump Foundation had the Trump Foundation had previously been dinged a couple of years ago, and uh, the, the Trump family. 
uh, Trump family members were like removed as directors um, because of various financial hijinks. So uh, this is, and that's completely different from Trump. And that's what that's what our state uh, attorney general is is currently investigating. Uh, and I'd like, I'm just going to quickly apologize. It was out of line of me to compare the Trump organization to the Catholic Church. I mean, there's literally no parallels. I mean, one of them uh, just steals real estate outright and <laughs> builds ostentatious buildings and uses their money to cover up crimes. Guess which one? Uh, I'm going to church this Sunday. I can say that. Uh, with that, I, I hope oh, you're Robert. going to confession on Saturday before you do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the one who needs to apologize to the Catholic Church here. <laughs> uh, that reminds me. Let's have a conversation later. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, with that, uh, we're going to call it a week on electoral dysfunction. Outstanding conversation. Thank you very much, panel. Uh, Justine, oh, where can folks find you online for, for more of your content? I would say at Justine on Twitter. There's JustineDavy.com, but it's not really updated. So let's stick to Twitter. I'm pretty boring. Excellent. Good sell. <laughs> Megan O'Malley, where can folks find you? Oh, man, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle, okay? I'm going to spell it out for you because it gets very confusing. Now, obviously, we all know my name is Megan O'Malley. That's with an H, M-E-G-H-A-N. So we have Megan, so it's now Megs, M-E-G-S. Megan, but it's Megs, O'Malley. O-M-A-L-L-S. That's Meg's O'Malls. It's not Meg so small. It's not an homage to Biggie Smalls, though I respect him. I don't know why people think it is. It's literally Meg's O'Malls. So now you know the story, and I hope you all don't forget. That's a good story. One more, okay. One more thing. So on Twitter, people usually put Justin it's not Justin, it's Justine. So at J-U-S-T-I-N-E, I do get lots of tweets that go to Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, or Justin Bieber. <laughs> Usually I just retweet those or I'll respond and be like, sorry, wrong person. It's Justin with an E. But anyways, <laughs> so, and, and so in hindsight, maybe I'm not really boring, but just so people understand, it's at J-U-S-T-I-N-E. And I don't want to get into the story of how I got that Twitter handle. That's a whole other drama. But anyways, that's how you spell my name and I'm not boring. I we'll save that, that for We'll save that for another episode. Robert George, where can folks find you now? Uh, oh, I, I don't have Online, quite the story that the, that the notorious M-O-M uh, was, <laughs> was able to show about her handles. Um, you can certainly find me uh, at, uh, on Twitter. Uh, at at Rob George, uh, and you can find me on I guess I guess the kids call it the Gram, uh, which uh, it, back in my day that just like referred to cocaine, but that, that's another story. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rob George twenty nine, uh, and uh, given that dare I say it, I have uh, recently uh, um, started my return to the stand-up comedy stage you might you might at some point see a couple of uh, uh, a couple of uh, funny lines of mine not not grams but funny lines of mine on on the instagram so so we'll see that uh, and uh, and of course uh, you, you can also find me at B opinion um, which is where you can find some of my Bloomberg um, columns, as well as uh, the, the columns and observations of some of my even smarter colleagues at, um, at Bloomberg.
here. I'm Ethel Mae Funderburger, and I'm coming at you live from the Sunny Living Retirement Home in Seaford, New York. And I think you should tune in to my podcast, Old People Doing It. That's right. We're here. We're old, and we're proud to be doing it all over the place. Join me next week with our special guest, Madam Midnight. She's 70 years young, but has 30 years experience in the BDSM community. Hey everyone, this is Tom Brennan, your host. Just want to thank you again for checking out this week's episode of Electoral Dysfunction. Thank you to our incredible panel. Thank you very much, as always, to Declan Shelby and Jordi Belair for creating the Electoral Dysfunction Eagle Art. Thank you very much to Joanne Harris for doing the show theme music, Ned Thorne for being our show voiceover uh, announcer on the top, and Amanda Nicastro for writing this week's sketch, uh, old people doing it. My goodness. Uh, as a quick reminder, if you happen to be in the New York City area on July 17th, 7 p.m., please come out to Under St. Mark's Theater for our first live show since the pandemic. Terrific panel setup, a lot of fun, a few surprises, which is marketing speak for we don't know quite what's going to happen yet. Uh, tickets can be sold right now. Frigid.nyc, that is right. You can go to frigid.nyc to get your tickets. And uh, with that, we're going to call it a week for electoral dysfunction. We'll see you real soon. Thanks for tuning in.